This is the Your Normal Podcast, and I'm your host, Blake Russell. This is the podcast where normal people speak about the usually unspoken. Welcome back to the Your Normal Podcast. I took about a month off. <clears throat> it was not planned. Uh, I had gone on vacation with Sam. We went to North Carolina and South Carolina, and then when I got back, <clears throat> just juggling two different jobs and various other reasons, I just, I just didn't get back into it for about a month. But uh, here we are, and I have another one that will be released next Monday and hopefully the following Monday. So I'm hoping to get these back out weekly. Um, it's something that uh, provides me with like enrich enrichment of my life. And I know that there's been a lot of positive that's come from these conversations. So I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening. The last person I had on was Josh Ferguson. Um, and he was a wonderful guest. I know he had a really good time. He expressed that multiple times. And I really appreciate you coming on, Josh, and speaking candidly about everything that you did. And for this week, uh, given that Mother's Day was this past weekend, um, I decided to release an episode with one of the best moms out there, um, Amber Wilson. She's She was a colleague of mine. She was a boss of mine. Um, and now we're, we're friends. And She's one of the best clinicians and therapists that I know. Um, she's worked in a lot of different um, avenues within the behavioral health field. Um, she's wonderful what she does. She lights up a room and she walks in it. Um, she talks about in this episode, you know, being the mother to her uh, three kids and what she calls her bonus boy. Um, she has four children. Um, we talk about kind of racial disparities in America and you know, what's kept her going through this pandemic and Netflix and various things. So um, I really am excited that people are going to be able to, I'm going to say meet Amber in this capacity. She's a wonderful person. I hope you'll consider listening to the whole thing. Um, I know listening back to it as I edited it, it was, um, as always with speaking to Amber, it was super informative. It was entertaining. Um, and I just feel happy to be a part of her life and that I got the opportunity to interview her. Hope you guys enjoy, uh, be on the lookout for new episodes in the future. Thanks. You are back. You are normal. This is your normal podcast and I'm your host, Blake Russell. This is our first in-person edition and I feel super lucky that you guys get to meet this person, this person right here. I'm going to say her name now in just a second. Amber Wilson. Amber, introduce yourself, please. Hello, I'm Amber Wilson. I, uh, me and Blake go back a long, long time. We're basically best friends. He may or may not know that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I am a, <clears throat> a mother of four. I have a bonus kid. I have an eight-year-old. I have a four-year-old. I have a one-year-old. And uh, it's a lot. <clears throat> what, what, what is a lot about it? Um, it's, they all come from you, but they're all so different. You never know what to expect. It's so at one years old, are they talking yet? I know nothing. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> he's like, mama, mm -hmm. dad, dad. Really insightful. But not even like calling you, just sounds. Uh, okay. So like can make those sounds. <laughs> so you can just be like, he hasn't, you can be chilling. 
making like a waffle and you share mama yeah he doesn't really want anything yeah it's just the sound i can make this sound so i do it that's cool he can make sounds and then you have two others making sounds all the time it's it's the sounds for me fam you call it you call it you call your kids r and r r1 and r2 r1 r2 is that for uh protecting them purposes so it became that okay so it was initially like your name's too long to type out (laughs) (laughs) that was one and then it was like two like "Mm, people seem really interested in my kids so i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. and then easy for the boy yeah yeah i respect that yeah i figured it was a comedy it couldn't have been all like super pure like your reasons couldn't it there was some like a laziness component yeah (laughs) yeah it's like you know what with some like added flair save the letters save the letters all right so you're a mother of three what else should people know about you um i'm a therapist i am a therapist in private practice and i'm also a therapist at a transitional shelter for moms and their families so same families this is something recent that i've come to it's for some reason i always thought that like families meant mom dad kids right and i know why i thought that right because that's what the world tells you Mm. and then i realized saying transitional living facility for moms and their children it's like those are families too right yeah regardless yeah it doesn't that's their family unit you Mm -hmm. know so that's what i say now (laughs) well no i like joking aside i think it's important to like shit we say shit all the time that's wrong right just because like people told us to do that that's what we say and then when you tell people like hey you know the way you're the way you're thinking about this or the way you're saying this and you like try to correct it people get real fucking defensive and it's like yeah just like trying to tell you you're wrong but yeah like yeah like just like consider it i'm not like (laughs) pushing it down your throat and they're like match on kerosene (laughs) just take new information process it do with it what you will, but yeah. I just want you to. Pro- can we get to the point of processing? That's that's why I need we're it. old. We're yeah. old, and we hate the world. That's the end. It's awful. Um, all right, so you're a therapist by trade. Mm-hmm. You're a mother of three. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, you you worked like hella jobs in the mental health behavioral all health jobs. field. I know you did research. I know you did case management. I know you're a clinical assessor. You've done management. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I'm missing? So I did I did research twice. Actually, my first job in the field was in research. And that was in an infant cognition lab at Mizzou, which was like, whoa. I know both those words. Right. So let's put baby, them together. Baby thought. Baby thinking. Right. Say more. Right. <laughs> so basically, we'd set up these stages. Yeah. And there would be movement. And it was eye tracking. Okay. Timing how long babies pay attention to certain things. Okay. Looking at the um what is that? The golden ratio. If mm. we showed something on the screen with the golden ratio, mm-hmm. did they look longer? Cool stuff like that. So that was my first job. Then I went to working with women who had intellectual disabilities and mental illness. And I was there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I started off doing, um, 
what is that face to not the face to face but the the lower i don't know what you're talking you about. do the stuff for them with the person direct care Okay. You knew what I was talking about. Yeah, I thought a lot of things that you didn't just say. Yeah, it's okay. But that makes we sense got there. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Um, did that, did management, then decided that I was gonna go back to school and get my master's, have a baby, work full time, intern 15 hours a week. And I did that. I didn't die but I might, should have. Yeah. Maybe you did. Yeah. Maybe you did die. I think I just skipped timelines. I, feel I died in that timeline. <laughs> I feel like we're both dead. Yes. Sam's going to come in and be like, you guys are dead. <laughs> or she's just going to be like, the sounds are here again. <laughs> we'll all start Dude, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, tell me more. Um. So I did all that, finished my master's degree, left there to go back to research at WashU, mm-hmm. personality disorders. Oh, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. That shit sounds interesting. Yeah. So I think that's when I was still in my master's program. No. I might have said that in the wrong order, but it happened around the same time. Yeah. Which came first? Chicken, chicken or egg, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did that. And I think that's when I realized I wanted that one-on-one because we did semi-structured interviews and they were like two hours long so Mm -hmm. you spent a lot of time with this person Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do that I was like this is my jam fam Mm -hmm. and so yeah did um the case management with people in the community with significant mental mental illness that was the bomb it was very hard it's fucking hard it's very hard Mm -hmm. I did that for four and a half years yeah, and left, didn't want to leave, but needed to leave. Mm. Um, what do you mean by that? I did, it's it's never the people you work with, right? It's never your clients, no, totally. anything like that. It's yeah. everything else. <clears throat> so, and it was in Illinois. It was a 40, 45 minute commute there and back. It was a lot. Yeah. And then had my kid, and I think during that time, I got pregnant with my second one. So it's just, I couldn't be, you know, if something happened at school, I couldn't be there in 15, 20 minutes, yeah. you know? So another inconvenience your children create for you. Um, <laughs> she loves her children very <laughs> so much. So much. So <laughs> much. Okay. Yeah. They are the apple of my eye. Okay. But yeah, don't do it. Um, so... Needed to need to leave, so that's when I came over, did the clinical assessor. That's when we met, mm-hmm. and then done that and worked with kids. Then went from there. Now I'm back with adults and kids and adolescents. So, yeah, you're liking what you're doing now, though, a lot more than other things I know. Yeah, done in the past. I've never felt like I wanted to be at a place. Like it's like you get there, you get to the job, you're like, oh, this is cool. We'll just see how long this lasts. Yeah. But I feel like this is where I want to be. That's I good. want to be doing this. These are the people that I want to be working with. Yeah. You found like you found your 
lame. Yeah. What is or, that? What is that? The word people use niche. Niche. Yeah. And I, I'll, t- I'll be honest. I went, I always think of it. I think of the word niche. But you hate to use it. No, I, I think is it niche or niche? Niche. And yeah. Then I'm like I don't I just feel confident gonna say anymore. It. Yeah. I'm gonna use a different word, and then I use a different word. Yeah. I went to school a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So your mom, you have worked in behavioral and mental health since before Christ. Right. And um, I don't know. I know that you are married, Terrence. Yep. Do you want to talk about that at all? Married for carry the one. Eleven years. <laughs> wow. Congrats. That's yeah. Time. Yeah. It'll be eleven years in October. Mm-hmm. And so we've been together like twelve-ish. And I never imagined that for my life. You know, like some women are like, oh, when I was a girl, I was planning my wedding in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That wasn't on my radar. No. Only thing I knew is that I was going to have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And we were going to like travel and shit together. <laughs> we're just going to It's going to be hot girl summer shit. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, married for 11 years with four kids. It's a lot of kids. It is. They seem like great kids. They are. They're excellent kids. I, but they're uh... still kids. Yeah, so when I think of you, like, I instantly mesh with you, and it was like, we had instant chemistry, and I identify the way you look at the world, I, like, think similarly, and, like, I have a lot of the same mental struggles about, like, everything is meaningless, and, like, <laughs> I'm, an individual and yeah. I'm an atom in the ether, <laughs> like, 400 trillion to one, why, why me? Why me? <laughs> uh, like, all that shit, but then, like, at the same time, like you, you like got married at a relatively young age mm-hmm. and like you did like the more traditional, I'll say like approach to that part of life. And I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. And that's always been interesting to me because it's like, I think it's just a, an example of we shouldn't put people in fucking boxes because it's yeah. like, we approach the world and view the world very similarly, mm-hmm. but like we've also approached the world very differently. Very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I met, so yeah, so I met Amber at, adapt when she was a clinical assessor and I was just starting on case management and I remember like I didn't know what the fuck you did I just know you sat in the back office that was my feet you just sat there all the time and I knew like don't sit there that's Amber's (laughs) like that's (laughs) that's what I equated it to right but I remember one time you were like it was like probably my like fourth month there and you were like hey Blake I was like what's up and you're like glad you're still here and I was like thank you and then from that moment on, you, you're my, yeah. you're my person. Yeah. Work. Um, but yeah, so it started out like where you just did an entirely different role as me. And then you got promoted. Mm-hmm. And then I, you like interviewed me and I took your job. Mm-hmm. And we did that for a long time. And we have a really weird, weird. work history. Weird. So we went from like, I don't know, doing two different things to you being my boss to both wanting out at the same time. And then we both Eject. <laughs> and then we both interviewed for the same job. That was wild. And then it was like we both wanted the job, but we all both wanted the best for the other person. And then we found out way later that they had two mm-hmm. openings. And I remember I got the call first. Yes, I was out of town living my best life. And then you called me like, uh, so uh you heard from them? No. Have you? Uh, yeah. They offered me the job. And I'm like, 
Congratulations. I'm happy for you. I'm hit. <laughs> Did I and, say staff? Right. My chef. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I was like, fuck the rest of this day when I'm laying in bed. And then it was, was it that same day? Was it later that evening I'm or the sure. next morning? Probably the next day. Yeah, I think it was I the next morning. I remember I held on to him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I, when I got the call that they were giving me the job, they asked me, and I couldn't tell you this. Okay, so they, they offered me the job. And then when I was done, like, talking about money and all that shit, like, they were like, so we have kind of a weird question. And I was like, <laughs> what's up? And they're like, do you know, um, I mean, I'm assuming you know Amber Wilson. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what do you, like, would you feel weird working with her? And they, they approach her. Really? I mean, looking back, it's like, right, part but, for the course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, they asked me about it. And I, I was like, I could, I could not recommend it enough. Like, oh, oh. Uh-huh. and then I got off the phone. And then I knew that information, but I, felt compelled not to tell you in the event they went a different way right. I didn't want to give you false, false hope. hope but then right. I felt like a dick because I was like I got the job bitch right. and, like, like, and I'm like oh. but I, was, I was confident you were going to get good news and then you did and, and then we were colleagues for like a little while and then you had your youngest and then COVID happened yep. and- then I came back and then what we were gone in two or three months Yeah, because I think I came back in no. When did I have this baby? You had it in like March, right? April. Yeah. So I came back in July. Yeah. And then we were gone. I would think I was gone by September. Right. And I was gone in December. Yeah. I hung around for a few more months. Fool. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Upworth. Right. Uh, so, uh, all right. So I had, I had, like everybody I have on the show, um, I have, give me five words. Right. And we've already done mother and wife. I'm going to skip that. Okay. But we have three other words here. I want to know in terms of healer, mm-hmm. what were we talking about, dude? So I don't think that I am a person who does healing, right? I, I don't feel like, oh, you can come to me and I will heal you. Uh-huh. But that I can provide you the space to heal. Okay. Give you the space to heal. And you feel comfortable sitting in that space yes okay and i also feel comfortable i I tell a lot of my clients sometimes that i will carry that for you until you can carry it Hmm, i like that i've never said i'm gonna steal that yeah whatever i made it up i'm gonna trademark this shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah allowing people this space because there are so there's just so much that people want to say and need to say to heal Mm -hmm. but when you don't have anybody that you can say that to I think it really stunts you, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting. I can't like as much as like the fact that we're having a conversation that we exist, like it dumbfounds me that like saying words with your mouth out loud, how hard that can be yeah, and how cathartic it can also be. And like the shit you feel in your body when you say certain things you've never said. And it's like, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. And it's really, and then it makes me think of the, what was that shit when you were kids? Sticks and stones may break mm-hmm. my word. My my, my bones and bones, bones will never, never yeah. word me. You know how it goes. <laughs> Google it. Um but it's real. But yeah, and it's like words do fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I'll talk to I'll talk to people that like aren't bad people, 
and you try to explain this shit to them and it's like, well, just suck it up. And it's like, well, like, okay. But also you probably have shit that's wrong with you that you don't right. even know because you just suck it up. Like, right. Yeah. That, that is not my, my grandma was saying something like that today. She was saying, oh, she said something about corporal punishment was okay when, when I was a kid and, you know, nobody ever died. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's why your kids are fucked up now. <laughs> like, no, they didn't physically die, but a part of them did. Yes. They lost a part of themselves. Yeah. And like not recognizing that although you present as okay, you can be better if you're allowed to say things. Yeah. If you can express yourself, mm-hmm. if you can feel heard. And there's just like there's subtle behaviors that like linger into adulthood if you if if you're like a victim of abuse in any way or neglect and like it can cause physical health problems. Yeah. It, it aces. Yeah, it's incognito. Like mm-hmm. it's like it shapes who you are, whether you realize whether you it or realize not. it or not, you are the way you are because of a summation of your experiences. So within healer though, you were talking about like you don't actively think you're the one that heals, but you mm-hmm. provide the space and everything. And it made me, I don't know why I thought this, but it made me think like, are there things or topics with people that like, I feel like would make most people like cringe or feel uncomfortable that you're just like, fuck it, let's do it. Like, Yo. Is what is it? What's your thing? Yo, suicide is my thing. Yeah. Or suicide ideation. That, that yeah. is my, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, I feel, I couldn't, assess whether it was I felt jaded or felt like clinically sound we were having this training I think it was like mental mental health 101 or mental health first aid or something of the sort at work for a group training yeah and of course I'm like I know all this shit (laughs) and she was the lady was telling some story about an 11 year 11 year old that committed suicide and I was just like you know, there were literally people crying mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I fucked up? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm not. Because I realized that these things happen way more than people want to believe or yeah. can believe. Yeah. That bad shit happens to most people. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard, a hard thing to sit with. Yeah. Because you want to think the best of the world. You know, yeah. that people have good intentions and it's not always intention, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, okay, no, I'm just a seasoned clinician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but people, you know, dab and eyes and I'm like. Yeah, I have said that like, so two things, um, like you were talking about bad things happening to people. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to somebody recently and they said it like baseline life is just tragic. Mm-hmm. Like that is baseline. Yep. And it's like, and then just your your choice with your thoughts and your behavior. And some people are affected like more than others and whatever. But like it's your thought process and like right. how you deal with the tragedy. Um, and then I forget the other thing I was gonna say. Okay. But cool. That's all. Okay. Yeah. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Poop. Oh shit. No. What was it, man? I gotta think of it. I gotta think of it. Okay. Hold on. Let's just hold. Pause. Hold. Hmm. 
It ain't there. When it comes back, just no, yell it out. It'll just, come back. just yell it out. Oh, I got it. Okay. So <laughs> let me yell. Uh, so to, in the same theme, like uh, we have friends that live probably like a mile down to Lozen. The Lozen mm-hmm. splits. Um, and her boyfriend, this girl, it's our, it's our friend and her boyfriend just moved in with her and he moved from like New Mexico. They've been doing long distance, whatever. He just got there last week. And I woke up to a text in our little group text, like Wednesday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Hey, so somebody got murdered in the front lawn across the street last night and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, we're kind of freaking out, blah, blah. And my impulse reaction was like, eh, like I, they were like worried about their safety and shit. And then I was just like, well, they probably had beef with each other. Yeah, it was You're some probably... shit going off. You, you wasn't involved. And then I was like, is this me having lived in St. Louis for so long? <laughs> is this the work I do? Like, why do I feel nothing about it? I know it was like, I, it's not that I didn't have empathy. It was just like, it's okay. Like right. they didn't kill you. Shit happens. I don't know. I think, yeah. I think we're fucked up. I think that's what you think, you think. Or are we masters at compartmentalization? I think it's that. Yeah. Because I don't want to make this all about me, but I want to tell one more story. <laughs> so I had this kid that I worked with. The most awful, you, you're aware of this person. I'm not going to talk a lot yeah. about the specifics. Um, but he had a really just awful situation that happened to him. Mm-hmm. And like I did a lot of work on getting him into this like after school program. Mm-hmm. And when you said master at compartmentalizing this guy that's like revered in the state of Missouri um, as like a psychiatrist wrote this like amazing recommendation Mm -hmm. to get him into this after it was an after school program. That's all it was. Yep. And then whenever I got it, like all situated, I came up, I was was, like working in the basement. I came upstairs and I was like, Sam, you know, like this guy. And, and then I just fucking, I broke the fuck down. I just like, And like I, was, I don't know where it came from. And then I just realized, like, I've been compartmentalizing all my feelings about yep. this to help this person out. Yep. And then it just came out. Yep. It's weird. Yeah. It you was... have to put yourself aside and your shit aside to have that space. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, credit to you for what you do, dude. Yeah. You know, you, know, you too, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lover, it looks like. Yeah. So what, what about this lover? So I hate people, but I love people. Mm. Like, I am... When it comes to like, not necessarily, I don't want to go down this whole social social justice warrior mm-hmm. thing because that's what's cool on the internet these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. But like people on the street, people like I make it a point to talk to the people, the people that are asking for money on the side of, I might not have any money, you want a cigarette? Mm-hmm. one guy he was like yeah I, I have um schizophrenia and it just makes it real hard for me to hold down work so i'm like all right you know places for people's right up here on lindell that's the kind of person that's how you show love mm-hmm. like that the fact that you're a human that has survived to to be on this earth mm-hmm. you deserve respect mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you're alive yeah i see you you deserve my respect 100 percent. i don't care if you're sitting on the bus stop sleeping on the bus stop or you just got out of ferrari like it doesn't matter where do you think that that gets lost along the way for some people like do you think it's when money gets involved do you think it's like the way they're brought up do you think it's a combination i think it's money always fucks with shit yeah but i also think that 
just as Americans as a whole, we're just very self-centered people. Yeah. And that's how people have become rich. And then people then identify that as the American dream. Mm -hmm. And so those behaviors, we lock onto that because that's the way that you get there. It's Mm -hmm. about self. It's about Mm -hmm. self. And I always, even with the moms that I work with now, it's you may not have anything to give, but you can give someone your time, which can make a world of difference for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I I like, I I wish the thing, I just wish things were different in this, in this society that we live in and it's just not, and I feel really helpless about it. Um, And I think it's part of the reason I got in the field is to like, try to do something positive. Um, I don't give people money every time, but like, you're right. If you have a banana or like, yeah, you want some of this food, do you want a couple cigarettes? Do you, you know, yeah. I asked one, one lady, I was like, cause this is often women who are homeless <clears throat> are unhoused. That's the correct verbiage. Mm. Um, what is it? Say it again. Unhoused. Hmm. Okay. I think it's, supposed to take off some of the stigma and like it's your fault you're homeless i don't know but these are the words that they say okay yeah i don't in terms of like other uh concepts the terminology changing it makes more sense in other contexts to me than that one but okay yeah that's what it is i think yeah that's what they say now okay Yeah. yeah um you know do you do you need pads do you need tampons you know because they don't have those things but just that engagement like that someone is concerned about your need Mm. yeah does that i mean i'm assuming giver there's just a lot of overlap with that but is there any other thoughts or like things you want to talk about with that with giving um not really i think it's i mean because i'm i'm a poor therapist yeah so i don't have things to actually give most times mm-hmm. might have a couple quarters left from laundromat <laughs> um, but to um you know small things I had we had a mom that she got her GED and so we went to the went to the Dollar Tree and bought her a bunch of dollar candy you know I can't give you the world right I'm not gonna get you a Corvette right but, yeah I can't buy you your first car but I can give you something to show you that what you've done. That shit doesn't is, matter anyway. Like 20 years from now, she's not gonna be like, she didn't give me a Corvette. She's gonna be like, she spent right. her time with me. She, yeah. And she cared about she me. She provided me with support. Yeah. What's There's a Maya Angelou quote about this. I'm gonna pull it, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a deep pull. Okay, all right. It's People good. don't remember what you said or what you did. They remember how, how you made, made them feel. Yeah, so how you made them feel. Yeah. The end. Agreed, <laughs> 100%. Uh, but that's really a true thing. Um, okay, so we have, we have some things. All right, the things. I want to start since we were talking about work and stuff. Um, I want to ask you about two things. Okay. You have a hatred for the term self care, and then also like I want you to speak about your motivation to continue working in the field that you work in and okay. why you continue to do it. So let's start with self care. Why do you hate it? Oh my God, there is so much, especially people in the mental health, social services fear field. There's so much pressure on you. What are you doing for self-care? Do something for self-care. That it becomes a negative thing for me. I'm mm. like, 
Because then you feel like, oh, I'm a shitty therapist or I'm a shitty person because I didn't go get a pedicure. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, I didn't lay out in the sun and water myself like mm-hmm. a wilted plant. I'm a, <laughs> I don't fucking know, but it's just like, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. But then talking to my clients, I talk to them about it, right? Yeah. But I really, and I, when I break it down with them, I break it down for myself that it doesn't have to be these extravagant things that it seems like it needs to be to be restorative. Oh, you need to go away to a cabin in Tennessee mm-hmm. with no sound. Mm-hmm. For, no. I, I, don't, I got shit to do. I got <laughs> spires calling Sing in the shower. Right, <laughs> right okay. <laughs> it's like, what is, what is this? What are the simple things that you can do for yourself? Uh-huh. But I think that we do more of it than we know but we don't recognize it as self-care. Yeah, there's not the emphasis on that or the, you're not being intentional about this is self-care. It's right. Just, you're just doing it. Right, so then is it just, do we just change, reframe our thoughts around it? Like, when I go get this $7 cup of coffee from Starbucks, this can be self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be. So yeah. I'm gonna try to be intentional and mindful. I'm gonna smell the coffee. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. to try to allow myself, like, this is special. Yeah. I'm taking the time and spending the money on this for myself because I will enjoy it. Yes. And then I'll continue to live. And yeah. Like, so is it less about, I want to make a distinction. Mm-hmm. It's less about the act of self-care. It's more about the emphasis on it. Right. Yeah. Like the you- extreme pressure to do so. And it's, you, my licensure supervisor gave me, I think I've probably told everybody I ever met this idea about our lives. So we're juggling lots of balls. Mm -hmm. Some are rubber, some are glass. Mm -hmm. And it's figuring out and prioritizing which ones are rubber that you can drop to lessen your load some so you have more room to function in those other things. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's self-care, like, all right, I know I need to do this, but that's for Monday, Amber, to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Self-care, yeah. you know? I, uh, I like, it took me becoming um, a case manager with ADAPT to, like, be good at time management. But now I feel like a fucking boss at it. But you're right. Like, it's just all about, like, this day, I, I don't need to do this right now. And, like, just chilling the fuck out. And, right. like... And it, but at the same time, for me, when I came into this field, I, I haven't been working in the field very long. I was teaching before and shit. But like the emphasis on it was like, for me, I was like, this is just, they're talking about being a person. Like they're just talking about like not like not working when you're not at work. Like, and for me, it was really hard to conceptualize. But the, the deeper I got into the field, I realized, and especially with COVID and like mm-hmm. working from home, I realized how hard it is sometimes to like separate the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at the same time, it's just super simple. Like, right. But I think there's it's because before this, when self-care became a focal point, it was all about you are a, what you can produce. And yeah. that's a part of the American dream, yeah. right? It's true like, about economics and being overworked. Right. Overworked, underpaid. <laughs> um, but yeah, that you are only what you produce and that's completely unfair like that's your your worth i know and i get caught up in it bad it's actually been really affecting me a lot like this year i like 
I started seeing a therapist myself and it was like, when, when he was like, so what you come? I was like, well, I feel like I have to be productive all the time. And if I'm not like, I feel really unsettled and I hate myself. <laughs> and up? like, so, <laughs> I mean, that's really, I mean, it's really unfortunate. Like I've, I've gotten some treatment and it's been fine and I feel better about it, but it's like, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how we get so focused on like, I need to be like better every fucking second than I was the second before. And if it's I'm ingrained not, in us. When? When we're kids? Yeah, that's what our parents did. Fucking boomers. That's yeah. all they did was work. That's why they were absent fucking parents. Because mm. work was it. That was it. Yeah. You are what you do. And then we die. And then we die. <laughs> at least they got to fucking retire, man. Yeah. I'm looking at 80. <laughs> yeah. That'd be all right. I'll die first. We're living longer now. You'd be all right. Right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me like a good 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> see we'll hang out between now and then right. all right all right so motivation to continue in the field because i know when we, we started talking before we recorded i'm not gonna like say everything we talked about but it was like you know some some days are better than others some mm-hmm. days it's like what am i even doing in my life um so speak to a little bit like do you want to continue in this field long term what motivates you to stay in it like yeah I so. so i want i think i know this is my field like i know that Mm-hmm. I'm not a person like I'm like oh well I think I'm just going to go back to school and get a master's in public health or something like that yeah not interested in that mm-hmm. but I think and I think that a part of it is the the gamut of experience I've been able to get in the field doing so many different things yeah and so it's like now let's find the next thing mm-hmm. to and do that for a while <laughs> so but Serving people in this manner is the thing that I want to do, but I think I just need, I'm going to take more of a, not well, a hands-off approach, but also working more so on the, the other things, not necessarily like legislation, but maybe getting back into more research, mm-hmm. you know, that are still, it's a support to the field. Like a but bigger picture. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Hands-off. Yeah. 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 But I, I do, I do love nonprofit. I do. What about just the concept itself or like. Not necessarily concept itself, but just that in those types of businesses, you get some of the most under underserved people and just having the opportunity to, you know, the, the women that I work with now, I tell the coaches that do the one-on-ones with them, um, we plant seeds here. We might not see them grow. We might not even be able to water them, Mm -hmm. but you just plant the seed. Mm -hmm. And like that, that opportunity, I feel super thankful for that opportunity, that there's things can change. You can turn a corner. There's a catalyst for change, Mm -hmm. you know? And it also like reiterates like always like, the change is always on the client or it's like, it's always within them. And like, we can't do it for them. Right. And we can't own it because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want, it's not even just the negative. I don't want to own the positive. I want you to bask in that glory. Like you need to feel yeah. the goodness. It's your fucking that. life. Right. Right. It's yours. <laughs> it's your life. I'm just yeah. like, well, the, here. The, like the phrase, what you eat, don't make me shit. I don't <laughs> have a horse in this game. <laughs> I want you to be great because you deserve to be great. Dude, I uh, I noticed something when you were talking just now. You you use a lot of analogies when you speak. <laughs> and Sam was talking to me over dinner the other night and she was like, 
she was talking about her therapist and like an analogy and she goes you know and i started thinking and like she uses a lot of analogies and you and you use a lot a lot of analogies and mm-hmm. i was like i don't do that and then i just really like stepped back and i was like i fucking do i do and then i was like is this a therapist thing like we just talk <laughs> right, about right. it because you're in there <laughs> <Right. laughs> but I, I mean it's like i don't know that's how i communicate yeah it helps yeah it does it helps with and i think i don't know because then you get like a lot of analogies sometimes that i use like the one i just used from real country people yeah and so i think it's just a simplified way of saying something and that it's easier to digest it's easier to digest yeah and it's like especially if for like when you're a therapist like there's there's not a power dynamic there shouldn't be but it's like you're in a position of helping and they're more more vulnerable than you in that space and when, mm-hmm. when you use language it's more like um recognizable or like relatable i think mm-hmm. it's just like oh okay well, right it's you're not talking at them as much right right and um, i think that's that's one thing in this job that i have now is that I, that i've really enjoyed is that that super like because I, I always knew that that wasn't going to be my style that super like classic therapist well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> but never, <laughs> never looking up. Right, right. <laughs> I knew that was never going to be my style. But I think working with these mothers, I've been able to kind of explore what are the options in therapy. And with us doing, you know, ours, ours is basically solution-focused brief therapy mm-hmm. because we don't know. A lot of good that comes from that. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. And that's all they can really mm-hmm. be concerned about mm-hmm. right now. What's the problem? Yeah, I can tell, you yeah, know, of course, I can see that the reason that you have all of this pattern of unstable relationships is because of this trauma that occurred. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean shit to you We're right now when you don't have a <laughs> fucking place to live, yeah. you know? Yeah. So can you, tell, can you tell people, like, just a like generally what solution books brief because not everybody's gonna be a therapist you know what I mean? well, oh yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. just me we're talking lay we're... people <laughs> uh yeah it's like, uh, I don't know. yeah it's, a... it's really it's really about being in the right now like what are the things that are currently bothering you right now what are your issues right now what are things that you want to work on right now mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's it's case management stuff, type of evolved stuff, you know, where it comes housing, employment, parenting, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, I all of them need a space to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't have it anywhere else. Yeah. And so it's they're the driver, which is just how I function as a therapist. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, you know, I'm just kind of your navigator. So how did we get here? Oh, you bought a pair of earbuds for $175, <laughs> but you're trying to get an apartment. Yes. How many pots and pans do you think you could have got with that? <laughs> Just sit with that. Yeah. <laughs> Next week. Take, right. <laughs> right. All right. Go ahead. Go on out there. All right. But yeah, just that non judgmental approach is yeah. everything. That'll get you anywhere with anybody. Do you ever work with people where you have a difficult time? not feeling judgmental at all like do you ever i can think of a specific population and that comes up with me a lot but mm-hmm. like, i don't know if you ever had any experience with that hmm like for me it's people with mpd narcissistic mm-hmm. personality disorder like for me i'm like i don't i'll just i'll be frank like i'm just like i don't i don't care about 
your perception of this problem. Like, it's just like, this, this is not, you're not a great person, you know, all those yeah. thoughts. And it's hard to have empathy for that. Um, I think I thought I had that issue with, um, borderline personality disorder, which has really turned me the other way. And I feel like I've become more of an advocate for people who have that diagnosis because they get so much shit Mm -hmm. in the field. You know, Mm -hmm. people don't want to work with them, don't want to work with them. Damn it, they need help too. Mm -hmm. But it's hard fucking work. So I get it, but like we have to not see the people as their diagnoses. These mm-hmm. are still people. They still need help. Yeah. Um, and so I had gotten a, a client in private practice and I thought at first, like, oh, maybe, and I did the right thing, sought supervision, like this might become an issue because I have history with people with these diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't as positive for me as I thought it would be. Um, <clears throat> But I really like, she is a great advocate for herself. And I think hearing her say those things really like, was like, stop giving these people shit. Yeah. They they need help too. And there's, you know? there's a lot of like actual evidence-based help that somebody, especially with that diagnosis can have. And right. Like, but it's, you're right. Like, that's my experience too. Yeah. People shit on that and people shit on MPD. Like, personality disorders are the hardest. My thing, I was just talking to my friend about that. My two homies, my two girls, you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be married to a fucking narcissist these days. Everybody wants to, oh, my my parents were, oh, my ex-boyfriend was, oh, my ex-girlfriend was. Stop fucking overusing this shit. Yeah. But it always is something. You know, prior to that, it was OCD. Yeah. The overuse of that. And PTSD. And like, like, do you know how I'm hard? triggered. Do you know how hard it is to have a diagnosis of PTSD? Do you know how many motherfucking <laughs> boxes you gotta check? <laughs> and like caveats and back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's this one, check B and C. Yeah. Like you don't, and you are doing such a disservice to those people who struggle yeah. with that. And then when I I see people with those true diagnoses the suffering that they go yeah. through for you to just trivialize yeah. this, it pisses me off. Let's think of more. So there's nar- narcissist is overused. OCD is overused. Mm-hmm. PTSD is overused. What else? Bipolar. Bipolar is way overused. Now borderline personality disorder has become a new hot, hot, hot thing. Yeah, it is. Um, like and thing. fucking TikTok. Let's talk about this. How, how, how do you know that you were raised by a narcissistic mother? Here's five things. And then everybody's like, oh my God, my mom's a narcissist. Yeah. That's why I'm fucked up. Yeah, they say things that are like, it's like, it's the same, for anybody that likes horoscopes, I'm sorry, but it's the same thing as horoscopes. It's like, they they say things that are like, most people probably had that happen in some- Yeah, if you looked you, at the general population, yeah. 80 fucking percent of the people fall into that. Yeah. So what you're saying really means nothing. People with true narcissistic personality disorder, like for me, like- in the clinician seat, like I can identify it typically first session or like mm-hmm. really quickly. Like there's, I, there's just traits that are so present, like mm-hmm. no matter, I don't know. And then, so like, and it's very difficult for people in those individual circles to like live with those people. And like, they don't have a lot of meaningful You're going through criteria in your head is what you're doing. Yeah. You're checking the boxes and you're like, yep, this yeah. is it. Yeah. But you are a clinician. You know those things. I know. But then, so, but I just don't know, like, 
I guess like for people that are listening, because we can sit here and bitch about people overusing it, but like for people that are listening to say like, don't overuse it and why, like, why would you say like speaking generally about it? Is it, is it just because of the pain that other people experience as a result of people with treated PD or what do you think of it? Oh, I think it goes- it, uh, Or the people that have PD, the pain they experience too, of course. Right, it's, yeah. a, it's a circle. Like it goes with, that was like an oval, but anyway. Nobody saw it. Um, yeah, saw okay, it. Actually cool. did it. Oh. Um, but I think that as we see this, you know, this popularization, it alters treatment. It alters diagnosing Mm -hmm. because then people become aware. And then sometimes the people who actually have it now won't be diagnosed with it because now we're viewing it as, oh, there's, there's like ADHD. Yeah. Little black boys. Oh my God. Oh all of them God. got it. Yeah. All of them got it. And we need to give them medicine. Pop it's it. that. Yeah. Pop it Pop. Your... <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fucked up. Cause like I would meet kids with just significant trauma histories, single parent household, a lot of abuse, like, and then they're just getting like Adderall or whatever the fuck it is. And yeah. it's like, you're treating a symptom of an issue. You're not actually treating the issue because the, the issue is the trauma. Yeah, it typically is. Like, it's the what trauma. I'm, what I'm, it typically is the trauma. Yeah. Do you think that, like, where do you think that problem happened? Do you think it's from, like, the for-profit system within the, the healthcare system? or yeah, do I don't even with- know if you want to get me started. Let's fucking do it, bro. <laughs> Let's fucking go. So I, it's, the, it's, a, it's the demonization of the Black man, mm. period. Okay. That starts, that's a, America's history. This is a natural segue because racial disparity is next. Next. Check it out. Oh, we check okay, so, okay, so the um, demonization. Okay. Yeah, that that is America's beginnings. Mm-hmm. And so it just morphs. It never fucking changes. People always, you know, you say you had the civil rights movement and then that changed this for black people. Well, then, you know, but that changed, that didn't change the school to prison pipe pipeline you know it just is manifested in different ways and this just the way the machine was built i like to use the word machine because that's what it is it's running it's just running Mm -hmm. and it's running the way that it was always meant to run it's it it's it's in what's the word impenetrable it's an impenetrable is that a word it can't be penetrated or in in, in, in. <laughs> Mano. Mano. it cannot be penetrated right there we go uh system like, yeah it could weather it's weathering like the greatest storm we've ever seen yeah and it's gonna come across it's gonna come out on the other side the same and it's just be so it's the same shit different toilet i used to get super I used to get super worked up about this stuff. And I'd be like, do you understand the injustices? And like, blah, 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 blah. And then like, I would like want to go make signs and fucking march. And like, and now I, I don't know if this is a product of the machine winning or like what, but I recognize I'm like, I'm an individual and like, it doesn't fucking matter. And like, well, my thing is, I think it just changes my perception on where I can make things happen. No, we can't stop this fucking machine. This shit's going how it's going. But what I can do is I can work with people yeah. to try to help them through it. Because mm-hmm. this is the way it fucking is. Yeah. <clears throat> I think people like on the on the right 
they would view like everything is like at the individual level and that's how you make change and stuff like that. And I think that within yourself, that's a good way to do it. But then at the same time, it's like the income inequality, racial inequality. Right. It's just, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. You're barking on the fucking internet about how wrong shit is, but what are you doing? You're screaming in the void. Yeah. That's what it is. What are you doing? And then, so like I talked to a guy recently and we were talking about, race relations in America. It was a white guy. Mm-hmm. And he said something to me, and I'm not being judgmental. He said something like, you know, like recognizing that like racism is a thing, but like he said, like for him, he just wants to get to know people individually. And like, he doesn't look that at sounds it. really good. So I want to hear, I want to hear from you. Like, cause I, for, for me, I was like, okay, that's his understanding. And like, that's how he, that's, that's how he feels about it. At least that's how he thinks he feels about it. Whatever for you. Like, I want to know, like, one, does that piss you off? Like, what is that? Cause, yeah. it, cause I told him, I, I like reflected him. I was like, I was like, yeah, like conceptually that makes sense, mm-hmm. but people are part of systems, whether you want to like know that or not. And like that affects them and the way that they're brought up and then the way they live in the world. And you mm-hmm. have to recognize that too. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Speak. speak yeah. <laughs> right. Speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it's like, that sounds really good. Like one thing to piss me off, you want to piss me off, tell me you don't see color. Yeah. Say uh, what? Say those fucking words to me. What does that even mean? Like I don't what you don't No, what I what you what I need you to say <laughs> is that you see color mm-hmm. and you recognize that there are differences in our experience based on the differences of our color. Yeah. But people there's I I don't know how to like I'm a mixed race person. So like I experienced both worlds. Um, and when I say both worlds, like I, I benefited from being white. And then I've also like, I have low self-worth for being Brown, you know, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. like, I've experienced, I've had the gamut. Right. Um, but for people that are, are white and you try to like have this conversation with them, it's like, there's a block or like, there's a, there's a mental fucking block of they can't, they can't entertain empathy or like, I don't know if it's like they would feel bad to admit that like they're part of a, like a big problem. That's what it is. You think that's what it is? I think that's what it is. I think it's the, the blame game. And they feel like bring you, when you bring those things up that you are wanting to blame them personally. And that's not the case. I want you to see this system is set up not to help Brown people, black people. Yeah. It's not made for that. Mm-hmm. And that's not me saying, oh, you are the reason for that. Because you you hear all the time, well, my grandparents didn't own slaves. <sighs> <laughs> like, and I'm done having the fucking conversations. Yeah. I'm finished. I'm done. I want white people to call white people out on their shit. I, that's uh, what I want. I was talking to a guy recently at dinner. And he's in, he does a lot of, um, he's a lot of rental properties. He's an older guy. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like all the beautiful historic homes in like North city and like downtown St. Louis and like how it's all fucking run down. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, what is that man? Mm-hmm. Like, and I expected him to like have something interesting to say, but he started talking about like, I don't want to paint him in a bad light just in the event he, cause he's not a terrible person, but he was basically saying like, well, they like, 
He said they. Mm-hmm. One. <laughs> he said. He, he said. He said like they like you know they're not even they don't throw the red trash, flag. They don't throw one. The trash in the trash can. They're like shooting each other and like blah blah blah. And I like try I, I like try to have empathy for this guy and like and I tried to have like a really careful comment. I'm like, well, you don't understand like the set of circumstances. It's like been a problem perpetuated since this time. Right. And like a lot of them, you know, like they don't have a chance ever in life. And like, and then you're saying this and then that further perpetual and it doesn't fucking click, no. man. And I, and, and then I, Oh, the reason I brought this up. Cause like, then he hit me with like, well, like my, I, I had a single mom and like, my here dad, you go. I flip this hall. I knock all this shit over. <laughs> my dad, like my dad, you know, this, this, this happened to me. And like, I had to work hard and like, and granted, like he probably did. My work. thing is, I'm not saying he didn't yeah, work hard. He yeah. worked hard. You like, had the opportunity to work hard. Say more. That's, say more. That's <laughs> where we start. Say, okay. more about, say more about the opportunity. The please. opportunity. It's people just don't understand how much exposure and opportunity can change people's trajectory. Mm-hmm. Because your mom was able to hold a job at a school for 35 years and she knew this guy who started a landscaping business. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you can go work for him. Why don't those things exist in the city? Mm-hmm. Well, because they're fucking under, underfunded. There's no high, people fucking living there who can pay tax. You know, there's, you have that opportunity based on your privilege. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you said privilege to some people, they would be like, <sighs> so <laughs> I have privileges in some way. You know, yeah. it's not saying that only white people have privilege. No, I have privileges, but my privileges don't serve me and mine in the same way that yours do. What are you, do, can you think, I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh-huh. can you speak to like privileges that you have? Well, I mean, I feel like I, we were never poor. Like my, yes, I had a single mother, but I went to private Christian school. Mm-hmm. I went, I was able to go to college as first person in my family to go to college. You're so, like shoes and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing things that it's a privilege to do that sure. people don't have this ability to do that. For sure. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> but it's recognizing that, but seeing how that plays out in the larger system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you uh, are mother, and I know, like, I know since the beginning of fucking time, <laughs> or like since the beginning <laughs> of like policing, uh-huh. uh, that like black people are not policed the same as white people. Mm-hmm. And people could argue that until the fucking cows come. I don't care. Right. Like, the evidence is on our fucking mobile devices all the time. The Google um, machine. <laughs> so, like, us agreeing on that, like, you're a mother, you have a son now. Do you yeah. think about this shit? All the fucking time. Okay, so what's... I, mean, I thought about it when I found out I was having a boy. That, that's, like, one of the first thoughts yes. you Yes. That sucks, man. Yeah. So, like, when you have... I mean, just speak to it. Like, obviously, you're going to think, like, I'm going to have to teach him about this, 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 or whatever it is. Like, yeah. what kind of thoughts do you have? Well, there's, I mean, and I have a bonus boy. So Terrence has a oh, child right. with another woman. Mm-hmm. And he's um, like 11. Right? Yeah. I think, yeah, he just turned 11. Lord, forgive me if I'm wrong. Charge it to my head, not my heart. <laughs> um, but and he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was just talking to my cousin today about, like, my son is a big boy and I'm like, 
you know, once once they hit a certain height, you know, now they're a threat. Mm-hmm. They're cute when they're in the car seat and oh, he's so handsome. Look at this. But he gets four and a half feet tall, then he's fucking Tamir Rice. Yeah. It's a 20-year-old black male. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking 12 years old. Right. Do you think like I don't know. Do you have you thought about like when you're gonna start having conversations with him? It's it's it it is ingrained. It's a means of survival. Mm-hmm. So there's not, yes, we will have conversations, but it's we teach by what we do. Mm-hmm. My husband called me and said that he was getting pulled over and my heart dropped. I'm like, stay on the phone with me. And he can't find his insurance. I'm like, don't be reaching in the boxes. Don't move and- your hands. I felt myself get kind of teary-eyed just now. Yeah. Because it's so fucked. It's fucked. Um, but I... But I, I... I love my boys. You know, like, yeah. I... I want great things for them. They will be great. Mm-hmm. But this world is not made for them. And so it's how do we protect that? Yeah. Do you think, like... I don't know. Have you ever thought about, like... I don't know. Have you ever thought about like how the how the policing could get better? Do you think it's just like it's something that can't get better because people have personal biases and racism is very police is just modern day overseers. Say more. They're fucking this like we were talking about before. It just changes. So instead of a white man on a horse whipping your back in the cotton field, it's a white man pulling you over in your car and killing you in your car in front of your kids. Mm. Do you think that there's anybody that is in that position um, that like has good intentions or like? I I believe that a lot of people go into it with good intentions, and I think a lot there there are people who go in it with I'm going to change things, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't fight the machine. Yeah, and you get and you end up getting. And then it becomes a means of survival for you. Now, this is your job. You have kids and all of this stuff. This is your where your pension is and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know you break that blue line. Mm-hmm. It's over for you. So now you become complicit in these things as a means of survival for you. Not to say that that's the vast majority, because I think some people just have... I'm not going to say that. <laughs> they just have been shitting on in their lives and they want to shit on other people. Yeah. They need that that sense of power. That sense they're of projecting. That's what we call them the best. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. but no, it's interesting because you're you're speaking to like a cultural component. Like mm-hmm. and it I, that's what I see. Like people like people aren't gonna rat. It's like it's it's like there's like the snitch thing in, in right. the police force. Like they have to and it's I, I never thought about it about how you described it with like they have families and like this is their livelihood and mm-hmm. if they like stray away then they're fucked yeah and you're right i never thought about it like that they said why don't people just take a stand and like say that that was wrong yeah but- it, it, i mean it's, it's like a fucking cult yeah when they have their hands in so much of your life mm-hmm. it's not as easy it's not just as easy to just be like oh fuck it yeah. I'm calling CNN. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't work that way. I feel myself like I'm, I'm thinking about people I know that are police officers. And some of them are like people that like aren't 
my best friends, but like I've known them a long time. And then some like I spend time with now and it's like, I don't know. And one of them recognizes what's, what's up. Mm -hmm. And the others I think are like, uh, in a similar mindset of what you were just describing, but then it's like, I know them as a, as an individual and mm-hmm. similar to when you were like, people aren't their diagnoses, people aren't their jobs. Right. But it's hard to. But they are intertwined in a way. You know, it's not the sum of the entire person, but it's definitely a part. It's a big part. A big it's part. 40 hours a week of them. Right. Like, <laughs> you end up spending more time with your fucking job than you do with your family. Yeah. Did it? I mean, I'm assuming that the traffic stop with Terrence. Yeah. Standard. Okay. Yeah. Like, fine. Yeah. I was talking to uh, somebody once about this and they were like i just don't get it like just do what the cop asks you put your hands on the wheel and like everything's gonna be fine i'm never worried because i just do what i'm supposed to do and it's like do you watch fucking tv (laughs) do do you watch fucking tv do you live in a fucking cave because you tell the police i have a gun in my car it's registered i'm just letting you know that it's in here Mm -hmm. and you end up dead yeah. Murdered in front of your child. And Which guy of nine million was it? Philando Castile? Yep. That, that yeah, that one. You're outside supposedly selling loose cigarettes and you're dead. That's the hardest one I've ever watched, or like the most difficult one for me to watch. If you haven't watched, have you watched Fruitvale Station? I have. Fuck. Fuck. Tell, fuck people, me tell up. people about Fruitvale Station. Fuck me up. Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Oh my God. Right. Oh my so God. He's so high. <laughs> 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 But okay, back back to darkness. Yeah. New Year's Eve. My man's was on the the subway with his friends. They were going to a party or coming back from a party. I can't remember. Coming back. Coming back. Mm -hmm. End up, I don't, was it that they fit the description or some shit like that? You know, that classic line. It was, yeah, it was something like that. Right. And like, well, they also, like, one of them had like somewhat of an altercation with somebody. With somebody, yeah. And so, arguing. Yeah. just words yeah police come through zip tie everybody on the ground yeah and they end up dead <sighs> yeah the the guy so this was based on a true story mm-hmm. and the dude was like zip tied on the ground mm-hmm. he's probably like 21 mm-hmm. had a kid yep zip tied zip tied couldn't go anywhere nope not a threat anymore and he was think? like granted he was pissed off but he's yelling from the ground with his hands. It's words. And then the guy shot him in the back. And then they said that he had a, he thought he had his taser out. Got how it. many times do we get? How many? How many times do we get to do that? How many times can you say, "Oh, I thought I had my taser"? Yeah. When when okay, it's either you're fucking lying, or the training needs to be fixed, or you don't need to have a gun. Yeah. I don't. How many times do you get to make that? You're supposed to be trained. Yes, people make mistakes, right? But you don't get to make that mistake. My, in my understanding, there was one recently where somebody got killed. It was, a, I think it was a lady cop. A lady cop killed. And she thought guy. she, she said she thought she and had like, a when you watch the video, she's like, oh, I thought it was my teacher. But then the guy, the police chief or whoever it is, is the spokesperson for mm-hmm. the agency, was saying that they're trained. And I didn't know this, that they're trained specifically to know that like the taser is on the non-dominant so, side. Yeah. The gun's on the dominant side. Because I'm like, I know you are trained. But I would be interested, like, I think I am going to, in the future, I'm going to interview one of these people that I know that's a cop. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be interested in, to know. Yeah, how does that, that happen? Kinda... And then are you so, you know, with mental health stuff, we get trained, how do you work in a crisis? 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you keep your head level mm-hmm. and deal with this crisis? Mm-hmm. How do you bring people down instead of escalating them? Yes. I have that training. Mm-hmm. They got it. You tell they just don't train them. That can't be the case. The, what, where is it that they're doing? Um, they're like sending social workers. They're like, they're doing like triage of situations. Right. Like and that. sending social workers instead of, I, th- I think it's a great idea. At the end of the day too, though, it's like, you could just train the police officers longer and, and teach them these skills, these, as, these well. skills as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, the police force needs like an entire right retraining situation. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to get your mind on that. Cause like, I don't know, this last year has been really fucking bad with it all. Like, and then I think we're just more aware of it because it's on TV. I think the shit happens all the time. I think it happens more than we fucking know. Yeah. And if you're not in that local area, you don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. But then it's like people that want to pretend like it's not a problem or that it's not as big of a problem. Like, I don't, as we're saying, but it's like, they'll they'll make that point they're like this is something that's always happened and like do you know how many ways that other like people could die and like and it's like you're just be, being made more aware of it because it's on the media now and it's like why is that but matter? that doesn't make it okay i don't know why that matters yeah, like it doesn't make it okay it's still happening and it should not be happening All right yeah and it's like mike brown here mm-hmm i don't care if he sold 16 boxes of rellos does it deserve being shot down and killed? Right. If he was selling loose cigarettes, does that deserve to be shot down and killed? If you're getting pulled over for a fucking out of t- taillight, does that mean that you end up going to jail for that because you wouldn't put your fucking cigarette out? Yeah. Yeah. And does end it, up dead in jail. Does it match the crime? Right. Does it match? And there's a guy, I forget his last name, it's DeRay McKesson. Or something like that. He's yeah, like, isn't he dead now? Or was he? Did I just kill somebody? He's he's living. Uh, he's still living. He's an activist, though, right? He's an activist. But uh, there were a couple of activists that were here in St. Louis that ended up dead and totally weird shit like in oh, cars, I know what you're talking about. parks. It's and not stuff. Him. It's okay, not, but it's I know what you're talking about. Okay, um, but this guy, I was listening to him speak on a podcast. This guy is an activist, and he's like talking about like addressing police unions and like training and he's like really focusing on that mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of good work i think he has an organization that's it's cool he's like mm-hmm. trying to change shit um but he was talking about what you were just talking about with like what like when is it okay for somebody to die by the hands of the police mm-hmm. like when is that okay and he said the way he thinks about it is he says like think about the person the person in the world that you love the most mm-hmm. put them in your mind and then think about them getting killed by the police and then think about all the things that they could have done for you to be like, that makes sense. And whatever that is. Okay. Right. But it's probably not going to be a lot. Of right. Things. <laughs> so like, what the fuck are we talking are we- about? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, right. Right. it's, it's a mess, man. Yeah. It's a whole mess. And I was, talking to a friend about how we used to watch fucking cops and that shit was funny to watch cops mm-hmm. chase around people yeah. trip them beat them up you know put them mm-hmm. like how do we get from there to here but is that a part of the desensitization of cops abusing power yeah i don't know man i don't know 
And then we die. And then we die. <laughs> Dust but in the wind. <laughs> my mom told me, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, she said, I want that to play, that song to play mm-hmm. my wedding. Or, yep. or my, wow. Funeral. Was that a Freudian slip? Should no. we discuss that? I had a professor in college that my first day of class was calling Sigmund Freud fraud, like saying fraud. And I was like, I'm glad I'm paying thousands of dollars. <laughs> To be I'm here. so glad to be here <laughs> right now. But uh, the rest of the experience at grad school is great. Um, all right. So outside of like policing in America and the racial disparity, like, mm-hmm. is there anything with race that you, that's like, you got a fucking burning desire to talk about? No, uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, Just stop fucking being shitty to brown people. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's end a story. That's it. Hard stop. Or like low key, just like don't feel attacked if somebody's trying to tell you about their own experience or like an experience that like you may have an indirect hand in. I just had a situation like that. So <clears throat> this was an interesting thing for me to try to address at work. Um, long story short, we have a staff member who... Um, is male presenting okay and it's been seen that some of the other like higher up staff often ask her to do things very physical like oh weird all of this fucking yeah and so it's kind of like i think i need to say something because she kind of mentioned it to me so i'm like if she's feeling some type of way i have to even if it's a little bit just bit if you're feeling a little bit then no let's address this Mm -hmm. so i had that conversation in an open dialogue with the leadership team and when i tell you there was a person on the defense so hard about this and i'm like yo i'm just recognizing the pattern (laughs) and i want you to see this Mm -hmm. and just don't do that you know, yeah. like just don't do that. Like check yourself when just, you're thinking about who you're going to ask to do what. Mm-hmm. Remind yourself of this, and it was like a fire to a flame. Like, what do you think goes behind lashing out? Why is that a response many people go to? Well, I think people feel like when you bring up something that is not even necessarily negative, but a question about why you did or said or whatever, they feel personally attacked. So I think it's partially probably low Mm self-esteem, but it's also probably a history of trauma where when someone tells you you did something wrong, it's always a big thing. And that now you're a bad person because of this or- 100%. Yeah, that true internalization of those words. Like mm-hmm. that means I'm a shitty person. Mm-hmm. It's like, no fam, I'm, I'm trying to like, let you not be one. <laughs> I just be like, hey, I saw this and- I'm not being critical. Right, no, I'm not. There's no, I have no negative feelings towards you because of this. I just like- I find myself saying that a lot when I'm talking to people with like significant trauma where I'm like, there's no judgment behind what I'm about to say or like right. being critical or, yes. and I think, I don't know if it helps, but I, it seems to help because people don't like, in, I'm talking about in work, like yeah. people don't like lash out and shit, but like, that's what it is. Like you have to like, you have to like really delicately just like 
right present it to yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say it but then i'm gonna remind you like i had a client before that i had to tell her i think we had missed she missed a session so it's like all right you get to use your you know get out of jail free card but just like remind you you know if you miss again less than 24 hours Mm -hmm. i was have to charge you a full session fee Mm -hmm. and i said in the end of my email you are not in trouble and the next time we met she was like, I was so glad that you put that in there. That we are, you're that not, you're in not in trouble. <laughs> yeah, because it's so internalized that if mm-hmm. you make a mistake, you're in trouble or you're a bad person. I'm glad you said that because I've I've sent like no show emails and stuff and like I've gotten like, what does it mean? Like, am I gonna get kicked out? Like blah blah blah. And it's, yes. It's like, no. Like and you have and and you know, now I'll just be better about I'll be more intentional about my language. It's important. Words matter. Words matter. (laughs) But then we were just talking about dude on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. When do words matter? Do they matter all the time? Yes. They matter all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's, do you then temper your reaction to those words? Yes. 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 Yeah. All right. We figured out life guys. Yeah. There we go. Done. Uh, 45 minutes. Dropping them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to wrap this up in like the next like uh, five minutes. Okay. We have Netflix movies. Yo. You got some cool shit you've been watching? Netflix has saved me. This year or what? Yes. Yeah. It's like the only thing I can do. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that I can do for myself. Yeah. It might take me four days to watch a movie that I want to watch, mm-hmm. but I can do that. Because we got fucking cocoa melon and shit on Barney and Friends. <laughs> fucking youtube i don't have that problem here yeah <laughs> hashtag blessed <laughs> but it has been um like because it, it used to be like oh you know how much tv do you watch mm-hmm. you know it's unhealthy if you watch it and then tv has like been people's savior yeah like your only connection mm-hmm. to the outside world yeah and it's like you watch that and then everybody's watching it and then you go so to social you media have, yes. and then you can talk about it. You can it. talk about it. Yeah. It's like, we're all just like on our couches like, I'm just right, people. Right. What episode are you on? <laughs> yeah. It has been, yeah, so good. So, and then I finally, like, I used to hate movies with subtitles. Mm-hmm. Distracting for me. You know, people I feel say, that way now. So, are you going to change my mind? Yeah. So, okay. foreign films. Ah. Worth it. Like, for me, Korean horror. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Get out Worth of, the fucking subtitles. I had a fucking client that was like Korean horror films. Yo. I can't stop watching. Me either. There was the one that like got all the notoriety like a year and a half ago. Um, maybe it wasn't Korean and I'm being a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> what was the name? What was the name? Because now I have to put it on my list. It, it, it won uh, It won Best Picture. I don't follow any of that shit. Best, okay, Best Picture. Oscar so white. Korean movie. Parasite. Have you seen? Yes. Parasite? Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> so is it getting so Sam? Like, I don't know what it is. I can't like, I can't pull the trigger on watching the movie. And Sam's really? like, Sam, like, I don't know. Once a month, you want to watch Parasite? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to watch anything else right now. But I know I don't. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so what is it? What I mean, what's great? Tell me about it. It's just the way that the films are made like i think we i think it's another thing a part of that whole i'm an american and america's best and we make the best movies and we we got hollywood and 
And we are missing out on so much more of the world, mm-hmm. this excellent entertainment mm-hmm. because of the language barrier, mm-hmm. which is really fucking petty for us as the rest of the world speaks at least two languages. Right. On and most of the time it's English. Or like English they're and they're, having, they're, yeah. Accommodating us. Right, <laughs> right. Same with the fucking metric system. Yes. I'm sick of it. That doesn't mean, that is a whole, we talk. We're not whatever. special. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. It's the elitism for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just the way they make it like or is it just like the, it's just good their movies. culture and like- yeah the the gore the the even the i really my i would say probably my favorite is like a psychological thriller yeah like shutter island that's great that shit slapped Dude, that I'm like, where can I get some more of this? Was he crazy at the end or no? Or did, I shouldn't <laughs> say crazy. Fuck. Now being a piece of shit for real. Um <laughs> was he aware? Right. At the end? It's a great movie. But yeah. The way they shoot it. That's really Yes, really it was well beautiful. It was, it was really beautiful. Well what was that other one that it was white people out in the farm and shit they would wear pretty all the women had on these pretty headdresses fuck but it was like crazy like kill the virgin shit oh man no Mm-mm. that was an m night Shyamalan yeah, movie wasn't so. it yeah. yeah that one's just flat out kind of weird yeah he's kind of weird we don't know the name of it yeah but y'all will know you know what i'm talking about you know the, <laughs> the picture is the girl and she's all like that Okay. Exactly totally. like that. Totally. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're going off script here. We right. scripted the whole thing. Yeah. It's... We wrote it out. <laughs> I've got a teleprompter right there. <laughs> okay. So, do you have any final thoughts? What you want people to know about you? you I think any... I should talk about being a mother more. That's it. Just a little bit more. Okay. Because I think you know me, right? But the world doesn't. Can I tell and you like, something? Uh huh. Uh huh when we were talking about lashing out, Mm -hmm. when you brought up the mother thing just now, Mm -hmm. my immediate reaction was like, did I not bring it up enough? And then I wanted to say it. What the fuck am I talking about? It's not about you, Blake. Continue. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But that, so I was out of my friend group. I was the first person to have a kid, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a very at some point it's a very isolating thing because then it got weird like oh we're gonna go to dinner tomorrow night can you go fuck no mm-hmm. i got a baby hanging off my tit <laughs> <laughs> but i still want to be invited yeah. you know you guys. Yeah. and so it was but i think as i grew in motherhood i've come to realize that my the stage that i'm at in my life is where my time and energy is invested into my children. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like people think like, oh, you're missing out on so much and you don't have the freedom and make sure you do something for yourself. I'm not a fucking battered mother. Like yeah. this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now right. because I know that there's an end to this mm-hmm. and then it'll be the next chapter mm-hmm. where I'm gonna be turning up in Jamaica at 50 years old. <laughs> done. <laughs> you know, right, done, right, <laughs> success. You know, that's that's the goal, but like recognizing that that my, my job right now is to pour into them mm-hmm. 
So then when they get out in the world and they start getting hit by the world, that when the glass spills a little bit, they're never empty, you know? Is it like, for me, like the only thing I, I seek meaning in right now is like what I do for a living and like my relationship to sing and like mm-hmm. being Willow's parent and shit. But like, does it just give you a new sense of meaning? Like, is it, is that? Yeah, of- definitely. Definitely. Like another purpose mm-hmm. and feeling like, I think we were joking about earlier, feeling like, being a therapist is your calling mm-hmm. your, your purpose in life mm-hmm. but I feel like being a mother is a part of my purpose yeah you know um I always knew I wanted to have a kid never expected to have more than one but here we are yeah. all of my kids were playing okay we don't have accidents <laughs> I was just stupid and was like yeah let's have another one but no I liked it because it's like I do think for me when I don't I don't have kids I don't have kids I think maybe one day I do want kids mm-hmm. I'm also super conflicted because the world it's, it's fucked the world. up it's the yeah. world man uh, but I live in it and like you know right whatever um but I always think about like when I'm thinking about it now I'm like very mindful of time and I'm like that I view it as like lost time and that's probably the way wrong right because right. you're saying like now it's just what I do. Yeah. And like, I don't need to do this, this, this. Right. I like this. Right. Cause I before love- this, I did a whole bunch of crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I went places and saw things. I saw people. I did stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with this stage. I don't feel like I am missing out or losing anything right now. Yeah. Do you, last question. Well, maybe not. Whatever. We'll see. I got all day. Right. Uh, Nothing but time. When you think about your kids growing up and being their own people, Mm -hmm. how much of a hand do you plan on having like in like when they're a teenager and like pushing them to go to college versus not going no, to college. No, we already so have like, those conversations. So, I, and I think- That's all, I was talking right now, to really? Yeah. Let's do it, let's tell me about it. Yeah, so we, I was talking to a friend, um, one of my interns at work. She's got a two-year-old. And we were talking about how this generation of kids and especially black kids are going to be the most like self-aware, validating, loved, communicative group of kids because they're being raised by us. We are now so aware Mm. of how we speak to our kids matter. Mm -hmm. What we do with them matters, not what we give them or Mm -hmm. what we provide them, the time that we spend with them, the space allowing them to be themselves and be kids, not the, you know, you don't speak unless you're spoken to or there's adults in the room. So you go somewhere. Yeah. Like there's so much change. And I think that is so like freeing for them and that's that's my hope but yeah we talked about college and we already said my husband and I because and you see this all over the Facebooks and black Twitter all the time talking about how black families we kick our kids out you turn 18 you need to go out and be an adult Mm got to be an adult and like not having that view like you will always have a space in my house yeah as long as you you get done with high school do what the fuck you need to do. Do you want to go work somewhere? Do you want to go do technical school? Do you want to go to McDonald's and work for a while? Whatever. Yeah. Just do something. I want my kids to be happy. I want them to feel fulfilled. Yeah. And I can't determine what that will do for them. You know, mm-hmm. all my job is to provide the exposure. Mm-hmm. 
here are the options. Yeah, that's how you view it. It's yeah. Given the options. Given the options. Is that with every like big thing in life? Is that how you view it as a parent? Like whether it be like job and profession or relationships or religion or any of it, do you just give them options or how do you approach it? Yeah, I, like, I feel like kids become their own person way more way earlier than people recognize mm-hmm. my kids now have distinct personalities yeah they are different yeah and so learning their personality as they're coming into their personality me being behind like, oh, okay that's what you're doing okay that's who you are now mm-hmm. just i'm just keeping an eye on it <laughs> Just keeping an eye on it. We got some, we got, you know, there's always some hard no's, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, what, let's talk about options. Yeah. What does it mean if you do this? What does it mean if you do that? And that's even like, I ask my kids questions about like, is that the best choice that you can make? Yeah. And letting them determine it. It's a beautiful thing to hear this because I don't know if people listening knew this, but kids are people. (laughs) They're Whole people, people <laughs> from day one. They are not your vessel. They are, they're not, they're not yours. And that's how I feel about my kids. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mine. They're, mm-hmm. I birthed them. Right. And you always but, have that connection. Yeah. And like, but there's not that sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. You're your own person. Yeah. My job is to like, I don't know, at least the way I'm interpreting what you're saying. It's like, I'm here to like make sure you fucking stay alive. One. <laughs> and two, like I'm gonna present you with all the options and I'm gonna help you make better decisions and critically think. And right. like, I'm gonna make you emotionally intelligent and then good luck. Right. And, like I'll be here to pick you up if you fall. Right. I'm here. Got your back. I love that. Yeah. Can you be my mom? No, I'm no, just kidding. I'm good. I don't need no I lo- more. I love you, mom. You were a great mom. <laughs> right, I was just kidding. But Amber sounds like a great mom too. Okay. So I don't have anything else I want to talk to you about, really. Do you have yeah. anything else? Nah. You want you have anything that you want to say that's profound? Um, you want to sing some Alanis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. There it is. It's the end. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>